This is Dan Gurley, a.k.a. Grufton, and you're watching 100 Miles From Home. I don't remember the night, but this film got me thinking we could be good and we die. We fall back where we See if we can uh, if we can get through this. We have two people that are bad at interviewing, doing an interview show for some reason. First time actually for me. Yes, hey. official podcast is exciting. There we go. I'm glad that I could break the podcast virginity. I guess. <laughs> hey, it's mine too. We're only three deep into this, so everyone's gonna see me slowly get better at this. But it's, it's good to see you, man. It's if, been a long time. Who knows how long, man? I um, think maybe like 2014. If I had to guess, I feel like maybe I saw you a couple times outside of like school outside of high school yeah. right yeah definitely some other moon shows i think yeah um, did you guys ever play with dwellingville we did a couple at skidology right so yeah. either there and i think another at um we did that like a halloween show at the plant that we was did. fun that was that was one. very fun um yeah so we've definitely been in the circle together right. for a while and it's cool now like as like it seems like everyone as we get older there's been kind of a community growing down here in baltimore more and more people like it just seems like have been moving down here and it seems like you know the the arts are specifically growing just for people our age and stuff like that so it's kind of cool to relink up with people you know the reason that i wanted to have you on is because nine days ago i remembered that we nine. wanted to make sure we got the exact number on the dot you released i guess ep yeah, yeah. it's a two-song ep uh, it's called pathos procession um i wrote it with my roommate at the time laura banner who you were slightly familiar with yep. um also in the circle. Right. And that's on Shiny Boy Press, right? Shiny there. Boy Press label out of Baltimore. The uh, the new multimedia label from Baltimore. Boom. Love to see it. Love to see friends. And that's uh, that's like with that. me, uh, Daniel Gurley, Grufton, uh, Walsh Kunkel, and Colin Schnicker. Awesome. Three three solid people right there. Love Shout to see out. that. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, Pothos and kind of how that came to be. It's kind of cool to see... Uh, collaboration especially the thing that for me that i thought was really cool about it as i was listening to it was just kind of take something like a lot of your stuff is more digital based or or analog like in a way to kind of mix that with like an external like string instrument like you've seen it done in the past um but it was cool especially in the first track i think what's the name of the first, uh, the track? first track's for gaff and then law is the second law one right yeah. yeah law i like because it seems like some of the key strokes are kind of in sync with like the plucking mm -hmm. the thing that i like about the first track though is kind of like that immediate build where you get like that low yeah a lot of swelling from right the, the bow cello. you can feel yeah. like i played cello when i was a kid like it's not so easy. i can i can kind of visualize like what that would look at yeah. or look like so that was cool talk to me i guess about how the collaboration came to be and kind of as you were getting into it what that process was like and and i guess maybe some of the challenges that you had collaborating with someone because i'm sure there are challenges that come with that but also like some of the technical challenges of using something external but also the the positives of that i, I guess yeah so i mean uh me and laura had lived together for a year before we wrote this um we had always talked about wanting to combine these two elements of uh just these beautiful electronic elements that yep. are they get a little glitchy at points but they also are subtle and soft a lot of points um and to blend that with something acoustic, I thought would be just the perfect pairing. Uh, and I, she plays saxophone also, which is her primary instrument oh, that okay. she went to uh, college for. Nice. So it's funny. She would practice 
saxophone in the house all the time uh, and i was like you know what I, the saxophone's great but <laughs> i like the cello a lot more and it's yeah. a lot more subtle i think it blends uh really well with these electronic instruments um so i basically i wanted to create an ambient release after mm -hmm. my first uh single that i released which was a little more glitchy a mm -hmm. little harsh and um had more beats and was a little more beat driven um so i came up with some chord progressions and put these into some synths uh sat on from sat on them for a little while uh did a lot of post-processing on these chord progressions came up with a structure that was open enough to leave room for something else mm -hmm. uh approached laura and i was like hey give these a listen I, these two tracks are kind of similar um it's a similar chord progression in uh they're both dorian modes so they have this kind of like happy but kind of scary and right. uh th very thematic um the, the vibe or like the emotion that i was getting was kind of almost like especially in the first track was like i was listening to it at work and i was like i'm kind of getting sad but like it's not like a bad sad right like, it's, it's kind of like, like this this swelling this building up and that's a thing that i think that you said that was really good like finding spots where you thought it would fit because i feel like that is a challenge that maybe artists have where it's like layering things like that when you create like these soundscapes like for the listener like fitting way too much in where i felt like that's the one thing that you really nailed and for me like the thing that made it so easy to listen to like i would just listen to it at work and it just like, put it almost like in the easy listening category because yeah. i would kind of like lose myself into it is that exactly that like it would build and it didn't feel like there's too much going on or like you know too much panning going on in my right. ears or things like that and that's like the one thing that i felt like that you really nailed so that's cool that you lived with her and kind of already, I guess, had that rapport. And I guess, too, like, in the writing process, I guess, just knowing each other like that, not only as friends, but as musicians, like, I'm sure that made it Yeah, easier. being able to go back and forth with each other was very yeah. easy. We were like, oh, let's maybe edit this part a little bit and maybe let's change up this section a little bit. It was easy because we lived with each other. We could throw things right, back and forth right. quickly. Um, I mean, those tracks were in very different conditions when I sent them to her originally. Mm -hmm. It was just... A chord progression loop kind of thing and, right um, that's a fun part of the writing process it is. When, when you get someone else's perspective on it because you sit there with this by yourself right forever and you have no perspective especially on when it. you send them like this first version and like kind of the only input that you've gotten is yourself and you're like yeah, this, you're like, yeah it's, cool. i'm dope like yeah. it's great and then right. and then it changes you know that, and then uh, someone's like me. well it's a little busy right we need to add some space right, so right. right let's create a b section and a section where laura can really shine and show mm -hmm. off some of her skills um because in both of those tracks we left a little middle section where all yeah. the electronic elements kind of yeah. cut out and Lars able to uh because Lars done some improv shows as well with um two two and a half two no i don't know if you remember that mm -hmm. project so two two and a half two was a um al and colin and walsh project gotcha. so they yeah. would make noise music gotcha. uh, with yeah, yeah. synthesizers okay. yeah. and guitar pedals and it was crazy uh and Lara did an improv session with them nice. so it was cello and noise music um <laughs> So I was like, I want to get a little out cool in the middle of these yeah. tunes. Um, as ambient they are, I think it'd be good to break it up with like a little out section in the middle from the right. cello. That's um, the thing that I like too, is like kind of would kind of go through those crescendos. Like you would have like the big build up in the beginning and then kind of give it like that time to breathe and like let Lara do her thing. And then it would kind of go back up to, and even to like, I kind of like how the first track flows into the next one and they are different. Like I said, the, the dynamic being like, especially in the beginning of the second track, you could kind of tell like and it kind of gave it percussive too with like, the way that she was plucking yep. it and stuff like that it gave it like a different vibe where that one was more of like kind of an uplifting because i think yes. it's more of like a major the calm after the storm yeah, exactly if you will like that. yeah that one, that... exactly that's a great thing right. kind of like a storm at the beginning yeah, yeah that's and so the naming of the album is really funny too um 
so as my whole life living with Laura, I had this pothos plant that uh, I had inherited from someone who was kind of dying and uh, I had pinned it up in my wall. So it went the whole height of my wall, the whole four corners of my wall. It had covered my room. I'm sure you saw pictures. Yeah, yeah, that was the I, I remember seeing um, that, yeah. And then a lot of the reason behind this EP was that we were both moving out of the house we were living together. Gotcha. Uh, she was moving in with her partner and I was moving to another house. So I was like, we got to make this happen before you leave. Right. Um, kind of cap it off. And the plant was so big <laughs> that I couldn't, I couldn't fathom moving this plant. Right. So Pothos procession, procession being kind of like a funeral uh, exit uh theme for this the right. leaving of our lives together it seemed like everything plant. lined up there on it was perfect between the the plan and you guys just like doing your own thing and stuff like that but then collaborating i mean i'm sure obviously you will but kind of in that house for like the it was the, like right yeah. the culmination of our living together it was a really great representation awesome. of like, that yeah. guys can kind of have that like looking back on you know kind of exactly. have that we'll always remember that like living together and just being able to collaborate with each other and awesome. talk about music is so easy yeah. The one thing that I thought was interesting that that uh, you were saying is kind of like having almost like visualizations, like with the track, like a rainy thing or something like that. Is that something that you do, especially like I feel like in in, in electronic music or especially music that are like more soundscape focused? Do you, how important like is visuals for you not only for accompaniments but kind of when you're writing? Do you, do you do like visualization on some form? Do you want like oh like this tone that I'm getting is reminding me of some kind of visualization. Is that, and then does that help you kind of continue? As Always. You, as yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I take a lot of inspiration from nature. Um, mm -hmm. I find the like generative nature of nature to be fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you listen to the rainstorm, it sounds similar all the whole time you're listening, yeah. but if you pay attention closely, each drop, that hits the wall differently it makes a different sound and yeah. it's not the same different sound tonality. every yeah. every time and it has its own crescendos and, exactly. and peaks and so things i love like that. bringing huh. those elements into my music because i think electronic music can be a little dry by sure. nature uh, a little repetitive um one of the th concepts i've recently come to love is something called liquid timber okay. or timber however you want to pronounce that hmm. um so this having an evolving sound. So maybe you have a melody that plays consistently throughout a tune, but the sound that the melody is producing is always changing. Um, so it's not always this one instrument sound. So there's like a little bit of an anchor, but exactly. then it, it changes. But it morphs throughout a thing. Um, and just, I think that's beautifully represented in nature. Nothing yeah. is ever the same. You look at a plant, like each leaf is different. Right. Every um, There might be a rose, but each the rose is a rose, I guess, like a, whatever the biological makeup of it is but like yeah there are the little like every perfections will be and imperfections. the shapes yeah. will be di the thorns will be spaced differently that's uh, cool i never stuff. thought about that in terms of nature i always hear people like in visualization in terms of like uh i talked to uh our last podcast our last two actually uh, lamore and Jadoni both said that they took things from film mm -hmm. in particular but that's cool to kind of have the same principle in terms of visualization or or taking something externally from like a different art form and and to kind of lend it to your own that's what makes sense like nature would be like a big thing but that's you know you kind of always hear more things like more direct art like film right. or things like that but that's cool and even that. like you stand out on your porch and if you live in the city you can hear cars go by and yeah. like patterns you hear and that kind of stuff is right. fascinating to me that's for me it's always been like the number one thing about why i like living down here just that there always is something you can stick your head out to. at 3 a.m and there's something going on yeah. you know what i mean it's kind of like that that homey vibe yeah um, talk to me about Shiny Boy, kind of how that came about, what your role in it is, what the plans for that are going forward, for how that relates to me, like, obviously, like, 
there's a lot of crossover in a positive way with what I'm doing. And so that's why I'm super interested with that because like, you know, I always look at it as like rising tides raise all ships, you know? Always. So whenever the homies are doing other cool things, it brings everybody up. So talk to me more about that, how that came to be about like what the goals and, and, and the future is looking like for that. Yeah. So shiny boy press, uh, yes. it started off as an idea between Colin and Walsh actually. Um, mm-hmm. so Colin, Walsh's father works for a screen printing kind of thing. Okay. So yeah, they wanted to do t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, that's the original idea. <laughs> and then, I came in and I was like, maybe we should like turn this into a larger picture idea, a mm-hmm. label of sorts where we can release Wash's music, release, uh, Colin has done video work. I'm right. sure you've seen, yeah. uh, which is crazy stuff. The visuals for like the last single that you did. He did right? the, yeah. And uh, the stuff. All the album artwork yeah. for all the stuff Shiny Boy was released. Uh, he did a video and he's done countless videos in the past for all of our other projects. Um, and we've the three of us has known each other since we were kids. Yeah, uh, we've been growing up forever together. So we finally decided to take all of our influences and all the things we've learned from each other and just kind of jam them into this one like overarching mask for the things we do. Right, um, kind of representing an ethos between right. Them, yeah. So it's yeah. not specifically branded to one thing, but mm-hmm. it's specifically branded to the culmination of the three of us yeah. as an entity um and the things we like and the things we find fascinating and the things we enjoy um and that's how like we all know lara and that's how mm-hmm. lara came to get on this label um our good friend adam summers shout out uh is going to be coming out with an album later this summer maybe early fall um and one thing i love is just like so the first thing we put out was wash's single mm-hmm. he had a took some recording sessions that he did with a jazz trio and kind of broke them down in a little more electronic groove. Um, so that was a really cool first single released my single as the second single, which was, uh, stepping into the more electronic realm, getting mm-hmm. a little, uh, dirtier with it, uh, if you will. And then Walsh released a jazz trio record, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, three people he went to college with nice. incredibles uh, drum player, incredible bass player. And they all three wrote tunes for that album. So it's a, interesting another combination right, another there in thing. itself it's like a group a nested a group, yeah. group with, right, exactly um and then i just had the pothos procession ep which i think is a even another little derivative of yeah you know the sound that we've all been doing um seems like it, there's like an overarching thing that's like kind of like abstract you know yes but, i mean but we love to different base ourselves sub, in experimental yeah, things yeah. different um, little branches off to it and i'm sure it made it easy to like finding people and 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 people with a similar ethos with the like ecosystem of artists that you had kind of already culminated before even putting shiny boy right into action well, it's like how many times have you tried to just start something with your friends and it right. goes a little this right, way right. and then you kind of fall off um, right no, so we're making a, we're making a commitment to each other to do something like yeah you know we have weekly meetings we get together every tuesday whether it's to just kind of chat about what's coming up next or to maybe chat about something we did and mm-hmm. make plans. But I think just that commitment of like every, let's get together every week and chat about plans and right. chat about the things we're doing creatively. Right. Um, I think that's important too. Cause you always see artists that are like searching for a label or for press or, or for just media. trying to do everything by themselves. Right. It's or so try, hard. Right. So it's like kind of cool, you know, they're reaching for like, even if it's not like a national label, even just like within the state or a big community, you know, label right. and stuff like that. It's cool to kind of see like, and that was kind of the idea with what I was doing, which is why I'm so appreciative of what you guys are doing as well. Like provide something like that. Like, you know, the people, you know, you already kind of have like a built in ecosystem of people. So like, why not take the tools, you know, like that's what the way that I looked at it. Like, Oh, I can do video stuff. I can do audio stuff. I, 
am a musician that's been on that grind for so long like yes you know the you know the feeling of being in that right spot. of like chasing that and being like oh you know i just draw my album and like i just spent I a bunch just, of money on this right. project and, and i need some form of press or coverage or right. you know even if it's something as simple as just coming on a podcast and just and like talking, talking about to an old friend right right exactly and that instead of sitting there trying to find it like i like the mentality that you guys have because i've been trying to have the same mentality myself that's just like fuck it like if, we're, if we can't find it like we'll just do it ourselves and you know? yeah one concept that kind of the offshoot of that idea is that me and Wash have been talking about a lot recently is that sometimes people say like oh, i'm waiting for creative inspiration right um but a lot of times it's just about sitting down and doing something yeah um so a lot of my best ideas have been for me sitting down and forcing myself to work on an idea that i had started um right it's really hard to pull through and finish right. things as a solo act well that's important too it's kind of ties into like the first episode that we had done like the idea of like doing one thing a day right you know i think it's super important yeah, even like, if it's 10 minutes just right. sit down and at least it's one step you know and right. i think sometimes like and i've said this too like it's easy to get caught up in step 47 and like the big picture <laughs> well but, right know, you're the, uh, album right that's a crazy concept like so let me just write like one riff today right you know or just let me practice a little bit right. let me mess with the delay pedal like, right and maybe anything. a riff comes out of it or, or right. a loop or something like that so no that's cool i think that's like a ethos that seems like people out of these crazy times have been starting to kind of generate and maybe that's like i've said it the last few times something that kind of goes forward with it talk to me there's a concept that we were kind of talking about we were texting back and forth, setting this up that I thought was super inter interesting. And someone for me that kind of is like an admirer of uh, like a more like experimental and electronic side that I've never really gotten a grasp on just because I haven't gotten my hands on it is like the uh, software side versus like the hardware side and kind of talk to me about that, like how that relates to you and like your writing process and, and maybe explain that to people. They're even less familiar than I am, like kind of what you mean sure. by that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a digital audio workstation, which we're all familiar with, right. mostly, uh, which you would, you know, put in your, record your guitar, record your drums. Uh, you can do software instruments in. Um, so there's things that you can do in your computer, uh, which are all based in the ones and zeros of your motherboard. Mm. Um or there are hardware analog synthesizers, uh, which use electric circuits to generate the voltages that mm -hmm. are uh, produced sound. Um, it's a big, crazy, long debate about <laughs> which one is better and uh, which people prefer. Right. But for me, it boils down to uh, access. So when I yeah. used to sit down in Ableton, uh, you know, three, four years ago, I would open up a thing. It's like, okay, where do we start? We got an infinite amount of drum samples that we could pick from on the internet. Right. So what do I want to do? Do I want to do an 808 kind of thing? Do I want to go for like a jazz, like drum kit? Yeah. And right there you're stuck in this giant world of endless possibilities. Right. So you're, you're clicking through samples. Right. And you never really find something you're happy with and you always tweak it. And then I found myself endlessly starting things and just being like throwing them away right. and not happy with them. Is that um, because like you, it was close to what you wanted, but because it wasn't quite, it was like, uh, or I just felt like some of that. there were so many possibilities that was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know yeah. where to go. I was sure. like blinded it's by like the overwhelming. amount of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I started getting into sampling. Um, I had turntables for a while. I was doing like a little turntable DJ thing. Uh, got really into looping and doing like a live show from that, mm -hmm. which quickly transitioned into me buying some synthesizers. Um, and one of the biggest things I had fun with was 
being able to not have to look at my computer screen, yeah. turn on this box of metal that has knobs and buttons <laughs> and cords and things I could plug into. Um, it tickles like a builder mentality for me. Yeah. I love to work with my hands. Um, so we were sitting there and saying like, okay, I have this synth. I can only do so many things with this synth. So let's make something out of these right. things that you are take right away in front the infinite of me. Possibilities right. that kind of forces so your it hand. forces creativity yeah. to a certain degree. Um, and then I found out about modular synthesizers, which are the, the most expensive route of synthesizers right. you can crazy, go. All the crazy Korg stuff you see at Guitar it's Center crazy. that There's you just go. Giant box <laughs> with knobs and cables all right. flying out of it. It's crazy. Um, but the idea there is that modular is a box of small individual units that can work together to create a bigger piece or a bigger piece of hardware. Gotcha. Um, so you can take the individual elements and kind of combine them in different ways. Tweak them and such, yeah. Rather where a, uh, you know, like a Prophet or a Juno or something mm -hmm. is pretty standardly set in its architecture and how it's set up. Um, Do you find yourself liking, like, tonality-wise, like some of the analog things better? Like, just because it's kind of a debate, like, in the world that I come from, like, people that use, like, things like axe effects opposed to like tube amps and things right. like no, that. Right, no, it's a complete, right. like... And I've always been a part of the, like, you know, it sucks with tube amps and things like that. There's challenges that come because of maintenance and things like that. It's way easier to plug a MacBook into a... a yeah, you can take it with you on an airplane and, go over, and you, you know? create a whole album on your MacBook. But there's something about that warmness and that roundness. And, and that, there's something about touching it. Yes. That was always the biggest exactly. thing for me is like... Okay, it's right here in my room. Like I can play with it. Right. I don't have to use. It's, it's no like fun a, when you have a MIDI that is every keyboard. It disconnects me a right, little bit right. from the process. Um, Instead of having that one that has a finite amount of sounds on it. Right. And one of the great lines my late friend Al always said is, "You can't hear electricity, man." You know what I mean? So like, you don't <laughs> hear the electricity. <laughs> you only hear the air pressure that the speakers produce. Right. Oh, so it's really that, about you know. That's true. And also too, I guess you're not getting like the true tonality. Never, when it's because going it's going to through a digital audio converter, right. and it's really all about right. the, the process. And all the crazy So that's where I doll. became to learn to love the process. So I got, right. you know, samplers where I could sit, I could take samples, and I could create these arrangements all in these boxes right in front of me. Yeah. And with my hands, it was so much more fun than having to sit there and go through a bunch of different, you know, options. And that's, you know, led to where my sound is nowadays. And Do you want to it. tell the people at home where they can find the everything uh, that you put out thus far and yeah, so, Shiny uh, Boy and such? Available, Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, Tidal, all your favorite streaming services. Um, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora. <laughs> Pandora. Can't forget hey, about there Pandora. You go. Trying uh, to get some other deep cut ones. Shazam. Shazam. We signed up go. for the Shazam. Hey, so if, if, someone just holds if it's down playing somewhere and you button, don't know what it is, Shazam it. It might be me. It'll, it'll come up. You never know. Grufton. There you go. And then Shiny Boy. Shiny Boy Press on Instagram. Uh, and it's Grufton on Instagram as well. Um, yeah, find us. Cool. we got a lot of cool stuff down here out. too. <laughs> and we'll go over it again at the end. But I wouldn't be remiss if I told you that. Of course, as always, we have some fun stuff. If you want to hop into that, some some segments I would possibly. I'm here for the segments only. Okay. I don't like talking yes. about myself. Hey, I'm the same way too. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, we my done my, my mind's like, we, we made it through that part. Here's can the we tweet the rock yet? <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, no, man, it, it, it's great to sit here and oh, talk so to you glad. about some of those things. And, and to kind of like, the biggest thing that I've been taking away from, from these interviews so far has been like learning things about that, like like about different aspects of art and stuff like that. Like, I'm an appreciator of, of like um, analog based music and stuff like that, but I, I'm so intimidated by like the barrier to entry of yes. it, you know? So I think like even just hearing some of that from you, like makes you be like, well, 
Shit, maybe I do go back on Reverb and, and see what I can find. We'll you know keep, what I mean? We live five back blocks from each other. You're going to have to come yeah. over to the studio. Okay. We're building the Shiny Boy You're going to see some 100 miles extra from Shiny Boy here, yes. here soon on YouTube. We're going to do Wool God on the modular. Yes, there you go. Get ready for it's it. just going to be me with like an <laughs> like a arpeggiator just yeah, you can twist hitting the filter, chords. The filter knob. And I'm like, dude, it sounds good. Ooh. I hit two notes. That's go. what I would do every time I go to Guitar Center and I just go up to like the crazy chords. Yeah, hit the arpeggiator. And I just hit the arpeggiator and I'm like, dude, I'm an artist there. There we go. <laughs> You're fucking marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, we'll be right back with some segments. Okay, and we're back. Uh, we just had a good conversation about other things that we're going to bring into in, in a second segment. But of course, as always, we're going to bust into some segments. Um, we're going to bring this one back because I think it, it went really well the uh, first episode. This is a little segment, as always, that we like to call Bev Check. The Bev Check. The Bev Check is back. And again, we have some great beverages for Dan here to try. Um, these are from Whole Foods. We went there to grocery shop earlier, so it just made sense to, to do that. Whole Foods, why are you so expensive? That's it's the called, first uh, question. Some people call it Whole Check. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jeff Bezos, I think you have enough money, man. Let's, lower, let's lower them prices, man. Yeah. I'm more of a giant right there on the corner. That's where I do most of my... I'm actually a fan of the giant over in Hamden. It's a little nicer. Uh, okay. A little more stock. I like that. We were doing the Safeway on, on 25th as well. No, yeah. Nah, safe, why, you got to watch out for expired products. Of Safeway. Ooh, okay. Well, good good to know that. You know what's not expired? These drinks that we got. My man. Good segue. You like that, right? That's that perfect. <laughs> Here as our beverages, of course. Hey, even though everyone's vaxxed and we don't have to wear masks anymore, we're still going to make sure that we use two different yeah, glasses. I don't like Kyle that much. Yeah. We can't kiss. We haven't gotten the okay to kiss our homies yet. So um, the first one that we're going to do is a returning brand. It's the uh, Kawaii Keto Cookies and Cream. Uh, it's uh, completely plant-based. Both of these are both vegan and vegetarian, um, and it's made with pea protein, I pea believe. Pea protein. Oh, that's um, a new We one. made sure we checked that there were... It was nut-free for Appreciate your allergy. That. Uh, that's the good point that Grace had, that we need to be checking people's allergies. It's important health. Yeah, see, I'm fortunate enough to not have any allergies. You are so very fortunate. things where I forget that that's a thing that people have. So if you want, I'll go ahead and... Uh, crack her open. Crack her open. Yeah, here we yeah. go. I'll try to give it, like, maybe a shake. Yeah, oh, can we... Beautiful. No, we're good with coconut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Wow, very cookies and cream. Remember this? I work in ice cream, so I know the smell of cookies and cream. Well, that was the thing. We were going to get ice cream, but then I was like, you're probably so burnt out on it. I am burnt out on ice cream. But if you ever need a, a source for ice cream. Okay, there we go. To Harker Brothers. Shout out. Uh, local Baltimore brand. Support. You'll see it on here soon, maybe on the next food out. Okay. Hit him with the, uh, there it is. You should have already seen it already, but here it is here. You want to do a, yeah, we've course. been doing bottom clinks for COVID for reasons. COVID safety, right. right. Okay. Here we go. We maybe let it sit a little bit too long, but. I think the temperature is good. It's a little thin. It is a little thin compared to the last one. I feel like the flavor is decent, though. The flavor is present. Um, a little bit weird of an aftertaste. Are you getting that? Yeah, I think the pea protein is definitely leaving a 
uh, not great finish. Kind of like a stale-ish kind of. Yeah, you're a getting... little like grassy almost maybe. Yeah, yeah that's a great, great. Uh... Yeah, very thin. I'm very surprised thin. at how thin it is actually. It's weird because the last one we said how thick it was. Right. So maybe, I don't know. Hmm. It's good though. It's very good. Very drinkable. If you had to give it some form of a letter grade, is there one that sticks out? I'm going to say B minus. Okay. I feel like that's fair. I think the last one we gave an A, that was the chocolate banana, but I, I think that one has the edge over this one. Yeah, I feel like the cookies and cream is present on the front. Yeah. It fades very the quickly. The very initial sip, you get, yeah. you get the cookies and cream. But then cream. it's gone into pea grassness. <laughs> Let me get the, the water for the palate cleanser real quick. Yeah, we need that. Okay. I like that synchronized sip that we had there. Great, great minds. <laughs> something, something. Yeah. There's there's a second part I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, for like being uh, like yeah, completely uh, vegan and it's only two grams of carbs as well. 12 grams of protein. There's actually no sugar. Wow. I, that's Maybe actually, that's why. No, that's very surprising. I'm no, okay, sorry, one gram. I'm okay. Correct that's... myself. Better than like the 48 grams you get in like a Coca-Cola yeah, bottle right, or something. Mexican Coke. Not bad. Uh, okay. Decently healthy. Good amount of fiber, actually. So you think it's like a good... Uh, surprising amount of saturated fat, actually. It's How much? not good. 12 grams. Ugh. 60% of your daily value. 60%? 60%. Wow. And one serving is the entire bottle. Uh, so there's little things I, they I mean, sneak keto up friendly. on you. Keto's real big yeah, right it's now. Good keto friendly for sure. Keto's real big. Do you think a B minus? B minus for sure. If not bordering C plus. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I would not buy again. Would not buy. But would drink if I it was did, there. I didn't buy this. So, right. Yeah. But I would not buy this on my okay. own. But if like if they were handed them out, you might take. If it was tips. free at a conference, I would have enjoy one. Okay. Yeah. Kawaii keto cookies and cream, not as good as the strawberry banana. But if you're on a keto diet, good alternative. Look maybe. out. We're going to uh, get our new glasses, not for COVID reasons, just because it would be gross to pour this into the next one. Maybe we can mix at the end and see. There we go. Let's see if we can combine the letter grades. See if it makes it better together. This one we have is also some from Whole Foods. This is uh, Evolution Fresh. It's a cold-pressed fruit juice smoothie. It's an organic vital berry. What's the flavor? It's got apple, strawberry, raspberry, orange, mango, and I don't know what that last word says. Acerola? 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 Do you know is... what that is, Grace? No? Okay. I hope it's a berry because it, <laughs> it seems very berry-centric. Hit it with another shake. Much softer shake. Do you want to... I'll give you the, the uh, privilege this time of, of hitting it with yeah. a crack if you'd like. Yeah, let's crack this open. Evolution fresh. It's very red. It's almost kind of like tomato juice. Interesting. I feel like this one would be thin. Wow. Yeah, that would be a little. There we go. That's what you like to hear. Alright. Do our uh, bottoms. Bottoms up. Alright. Mm. 
Okay, very tart. Very tart. Uh, very floral. There's a lot of present um, notes in the. Very like upfront. Yes. You know what this weirdly reminds me of? The red candy that you would get on like the Airheads ice cream. Ooh. You know what I mean? Okay. Kinda, yeah. Kind of get that tart flavor. It really hits you in the nose when you put your mouth and when you put it in the glass. Mm-hmm. Definitely kind of thick, but those would be thinner. Thicker than the cookies and cream. Which is surprising. Very surprising. Do you want to? Letter grade. Um, Grace off camera is trying this. Letter grade, we're going to go with a B plus, actually. I, okay. I actually enjoy this. I feel like this one has a curve, like an edge over the it's got, other one. I feel healthy drinking it. Me too. I don't feel... That one, like... If it has like the guise that it's healthy, but after diving into the facts a little bit, unless you're keto, stay away. Stay away. This one, I feel like, yeah, it feels clean. I feel light. Yeah, I feel that's that's great. Where that one's like, it's weird. This one's the other one was thin, but it was heavy at the same time. It's also almost gives me a strawberry lemonade kind I of get that. vibe. If it was thinner, I think it would definitely, definitely. Oh, Grace, Grace is enjoying yeah, it. Okay, refuse to give the glass the back. Two sips. I wanted another. <laughs> You know it's good when you're getting like multiple sips in. Yeah, this is very refreshing, actually. Would you say that we were two for two, like at least passable? Passable. Yeah. Uh, would buy if would I buy this one. Yeah, I would okay. say. I would agree a, with that on a hot summer day. Yes. Yeah, this one could definitely use to be a little colder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we let them sit because we were chatting it up. We got a little crazy. All right. So you said B plus for this one. B plus. Ooh, yeah. How are the facts looking? Let's. Ah, oh, man, you don't want to know how much sugar is in this. All right, fuck it. Uh, don't. You want to take a guess? Nah, uh, ten grams. Is that not a lot? Cold, cold. Dude, I don't like. You're dude, real nutrition facts, obviously. Hit me with one, one more guess. Thirty-five grams. Still a little short of the forty-five grams of sugar. And that's just in one of those. This is in one bottle. All right. So we're dude. on like a level of a Coca-Cola at that point. It's... Um. It's just, but it's, tricking I, you. I think the sugar is what makes it much more they're enjoyable. They're tricking you at this point. Well, yeah, I guess that <laughs> the is pure why poison that they put in satisfying. My, I love it. My body's been corrupted by all this high fructose corn syrup for all these years. But this was delicious. Okay. I'm gonna drink the rest of this. It still would get on a summer's day. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. I feel like not as good as I did when I thought it was like zero bad. But then if you split it with a friend, you're only drinking 23 and right. a half grams of we sugar. We still had more. 28. So. Right. How many percent of that? Well, I guess no sugar is percent of your daily value. Yeah. It's, not like a, it's not like a thing that your body the needs. The allotted amount of sugar. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, hey, I'll take two Bs over like the vintage cola we got last time. So yeah, it seemed I think, like a bust. Yeah. Here, let me hit the, uh, you guys should have already seen it, but there it is. Evolution hey. fresh. Bring your sugars down, and maybe it could be S tier. I don't know. Could be good for everybody. Well, there you go. That's BevCheck. Did you enjoy that? I did enjoy that very much. I'm glad we ended on the uh, berry. Yeah. Vital, vital, vital berry. berry. I thought about doing that one first, but I wanted to go with the Kwai because I thought it was gonna be good. I thought it was a good brand. It was gonna be good, but you seem to be off with your guesses on how these beverages are gonna turn out. Yeah. Well, so it's hard. Like I, I could like. I had the idea of just buying like crazy, like off brand, not off brand, but like buying like Coke orange or something <laughs> right, crazy right. like that. But I wanted to get like something off. I want to next time get like some local beverages. Okay. I think last mm. time we got some local food on episode two. Okay. So I guess we couldn't do alcoholic. Yeah. We do. I, I, I would. 
some mead maybe. I'll drink alcohol. Like a mead would yeah. be a good to yeah. try. Not a big alcohol consumer, but I'd have a couple of sips enough for a grain. But hey, maybe we could get like some Zeke's coffee Zeke's? or things like okay. that. Right. You know, I'm not a big ceremony. Coffee ceremony, ceremony coffee, that's a good coffee. one. All right, cool. Well, Wonderful. that's beverage. Wonderful bed check. Thank you for the beverages, Thank friends. You, of course, yeah. Not something to kind of, you know, get us right here. The next segment that we have prepared is a little bit of more of an open-ended segment. It's a little more out there, but it's something that's near and dear to my heart. We were going to call it the spoopy stories, but I didn't want to get it just to ghost on the paranormal thing. I'm, I'm a lover of everything from Bigfoot to aliens to... um, What's that one thing called? See, obviously I'm such a lover, I can't even think of it. The, uh, the thing where like things change over time. Anamorphs? Well, yeah, but I'm the, thinking of like Berenstein Bears, Berenstein oh, Bears. Oh, the Mandala effect. Mandala I was just effect. talking about this at work the other day. Crazy actually. things <clears> like <throat> that, you know, so we're going to call it the paranormal pause. I feel like that's a little more open-ended. And I had asked you before if you had had any upfront kind of ghost or paranormal experiences, and you said like none super direct, is that correct? None, yeah, no specific paranormal experiences. I would say I've... Uh, like we were talking during the break, and uh, I had this experience when I was camping in a, a place called Cherry Springs State Park. Uh, it's a stargazing event, and I saw some phenomenal things I saw in the stars where there seemed like tubes or wormholes maybe connecting stars. And you said you could uh, see everything because there was no light. You could see the right? Milky Way. You could. Jeez. We saw the space station. We met up with these people. They had telescopes. <laughs> And oh, wow. the telescopes were connected to their computer, so they could track the uh, space station. So I looked through a telescope, wow. and it was tracking the space station across the sky. S- space is like so scary, but and I think that's like a, a paranormal time. enough experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Like just the fact that you were able also to see you're, that. you're yeah. able to see this. And I sat in a hammock while I was looking at the stars at night, and the feeling of floating while looking at the stars and seeing the Milky Way turn ever so slightly in the sky really disconnects you from the ground and gives yeah. you this perspective that we are on a fucking rock. Did it make you feel very insignificant, like a little speck at that point? Like we are floating in space. It's crazy. Like Earth probably seems like a speck, so let alone one and then every star you look at could possibly have other right. Earth-like planets. Right. Well, yeah, we have the sun, and it has what? How many planets? Like, is Pluto a planet still or no? Technically not. Is it eight planets? Eight then? planets. So if we have eight within our solar system, there could be eight plus for each star that you each see in the star, sky. Each star. There's billions and billions of stars. God, dude, that freaks me out, but I'm so interested at the same time. So uh, what do you, Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you believe in extraterrestrial life? Yeah, I think just statistically there has to be i think even if i always say this if we had confirmation that there was like a single cellular organism on mars like a bacteria that was single cellular that would change the world forever you really you think so i think so because i think all the people i think like for people like me and you that are more open to it we'd be like yeah duh. of course you know what I mean? right. but for people that are like maybe super religious or mm. like are deniers like you can't change that, that there's something living, even if it's a single cellular organism. Right. I think that would change. Well, I think there's an interesting uh, argument for people that don't believe in evolution to maybe not also mm-hmm. believe that microbial life could be a significant right. sign of life. Um, That's what I think. Like, obviously, if there was, like, straight-up sentient conscious beings, obviously, that would definitely changed the world forever and there's been like some crazy stuff coming out recently that they've been declassified oh the ufo the, yeah um the navy footage right. and there's been a lot of people that are retired coming out about that but i think even just that even just like a speck of you know i think like even when they we found that there was water on mars at some point big or, deal 
big deal, you know? So even if we found like, you know, some kind of, like I said, single cellular organism, I think like, fuck dude, that just opens the doors. So follow up question. Do you think we've been visited? I think so. In the history of human life. Yeah. I think I'm very much a believer in like the ancient alien stuff. I think if you look back on some of the hieroglyphics and stuff, a lot of like these gods that come from the sky, could they be stories sure could they actually be literal gods from the sky maybe i think it's more likely that they're probably aliens that were so technologically right. advanced they seem like god well and it's also if you look at it how would how would a roman describe a spacecraft right they would describe it as a flaming chariot right and a which, giant beaming light from the sky which right. there are multiple descriptions of flaming right well i think and... people would even now describe that with the technology that we have so especially as something some type as of primitive or tic-tac-shaped plane right which we're hearing stories or even of like i think egypt's the biggest example of it because of like the pyramids how they've proven that it's kind of scientifically impossible for the angle and the perfect precision at which they were done also don't a lot of like the pyramids and gaza like line up with constellations did you know the pyramids well? are also perfectly aligned to north and south did not know that see yes. things like that how do they i mean obviously i'm sure they had cartographers and people like that that knew somewhat of latitude latitude longitude but and they say they had maps of the entire world back then right antarctica they, included they had they like the uh library of alexandria and they supposedly didn't have seafaring ships at the time right so i think something gave them some form of insider technology that probably be. would be godlike and they probably are on some level you know and there's also uh there's a saying um any technology that you couldn't explain mm-hmm. would be explained as magic. Yeah. No, that's if you a didn't great understand point. that technology. Right. If you were to show someone from the 1800s an iPhone they'd right now, like, they'd be like, witchcraft. What the fuck? We need to burn yeah. you and throw you in a lake right. with a cinder block tied to your foot, you know? And that happened. Right. And I think just statistically, like, if the universe is as big and infinite as we say it is, and I think that's pretty widely accepted. Yes. To think that we're the only thing there is just so narcissistic, I think. So arrogant. arrogant. Like, even if they're not like, you know, grays or whatever, if they're just, you know, if there's birds on like another planet right, or something. So let's take a little twist on this. Okay, hit me. Have you heard of the theory that aliens visiting us now mm-hmm. are us in the future? Yeah, so I've heard that. I've also seen like, there's like a thing that I read like years ago that was like our solar system is actually Earth in different stages of, so that's why Mars and Earth it's like after the Earth's resources are depleted. Oh and man, you're it, gonna send me right after down it the died. Hole. Like that's what it end up as Pluto, like this blue dwarf planet that is desolate and that makes and, so much sense. Yeah, and that's kind of like almost like the a stages of the Earth's stages life. of Earth. You know, Mercury start there. It's like an right. inhabitable, small, hot planet. Venus Mars, starts to expand. And then Mars was right after it had an oxygen right after we had to get out of our planet. Yeah. Right. It's interesting to think about. That's the thing about all this. I don't rule any of it out. It's all... And I find the uh, entanglement of human species and AI technology, Mm -hmm. uh, they say that they're going to intertwine each other eventually so that maybe the the probes that aliens send now could just be an infusion of AI. Right. And I think, too, like, people always say, like, why would aliens want to watch humans? Like, why do we watch, like, bugs? Why do we have zoos? Right, because we can probably try and learn something about ourselves from watching these and we just we're curious right beings curious by people. nature so like um, if they can travel to different planets you don't think that they can watch us out of sight out of mind for sure they of can of course because i don't think a lot of animals know that there's like a camera up in that and tree. also if they operate on higher frequencies of thinking than we do we would have no idea what they were right like an ant has no idea what a human is right we could have met an alien they were just suited up or they 
or we're a physically cannot see that them. we could not see yeah some type of gaseous fourth dimensional yeah we could go on for hours about this fuck i love this so. i'd love it this will be stay tuned for 100 miles or maybe a Dan and Kyle explores the universe podcast in a couple we months. Might, yeah, I could go. I could talk about Bigfoot for a couple hours. Dude, I, have you seen the Sasquatch thing on Hulu? Fucking hand-sized Sasquatch tattoo on my thigh. Yes, I love Sasquatch. He's out that there. Here. You think the Rock's ever seen the Sasquatch? I, he might be. <laughs> he might be Sasquatch. Sasquatch, right? You like that segue as well? That was perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I, I have to put a cap on us at some point because yeah, because that me and you were just really getting started. Just, I, we could. Right. We might have to actually start another podcast. But that's what I'm saying. Hey, man. I'm I'm down. I got a couple the others I want to do. Miles pause. <laughs> yeah, the full. There might be like a hundred miles extra. That's just us fully going into it. Um, but once again, as always, I think this has become a popular segment. So I'm gonna try and do it every single time because why not? And he's gotta, you know, if we get hundreds of episodes deep, he's gotta. Well, some of my shoelaces like definitely untied. Um, <laughs> he's gotta reply to us eventually. He's got hundreds. He's gotta of at least be aware. Yeah. At some point. At some point. As this grows, maybe we'll get on our radar. Like, maybe the goal is, like, he doesn't tweet us. He's just, like, in the studio one time. That would be great. Or uh, he does, like, a tour around here. Maybe we could show right. up backstage he and He sends us, like, a cameo video. Right. That's, like, him on... I mean, he is actively on Instagram interacting with That's his fans. That's what I'm saying. He's, like, filming Fast and Furious 47, and he finally I thought it was up. 49. Might be. I don't think they're stopping ever. Hey, man, after Paul Walker died, do you think that they weren't going to stop then? They're never stopping. Never. They're going to keep going until Vin Diesel. What, do you think do they'll ever move into electric cars in Fast and the Furious? <laughs> like just Teslas? hoverboards? Right. Tesla. Nah, do they need like Teslas. cool guy muscle cars? Forever? It'll be silent. It'll just be like... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like the scene. It's right. like right. them drifting. They're going really fast, <laughs> but it's completely <laughs> silent. Completely silent. Fuck no, dude. I say they just keep going back. They just get like these crazy like horse and buggy flipping it around. <laughs> they t- yeah, right. They start time traveling. Right. It's back to the future. But once again, as always, it's time to So I, I let this marinate in your brain for a little bit. And that's kind of why I'm letting everyone know that we're tweeting The Rock every single time. So that way they can think about it, right? So they can think about what they want to say yeah. to The Rock, which you may or may not see. I'd like to think at the end of the day, he's scrolling and might see it. Maybe he doesn't reply, but he at least kind of goes like, what is that? Or maybe someone that is managing one of his accounts is like, hey, um, there's some people that talk about you once a week. Right. Or twice every other week. Right. So you should probably give you them might like a petty like or something You might want to be in tune like to what they're saying about right. you. Right. So. All right. So, well. Well, first, let me say, if you, as always, if you look off camera to your right, there's something that's oh. folded up. It's time. I think it's time. Feel free to. Can I wear it? You can please. You know, oh. hey man, we're only one guest. Lamore didn't want to wear it. Jadoni wore it. Dan's gonna wear it. I l- hope our next guest certainly wears it. I hope every guest going forward doesn't just to make him seem like the party pooper. All right, Mr. Johnson. So, upon knowing about this tweet the rock situation, I did some uh, investigating into your life. And I found out you are the holder of five, wow. not four, not three, not two, not one, five, five different Guinness World Records. I think The Rock might be the most interesting man in the world. That's crazy. Kyle, do you have any idea what those records may be? So if I had to guess, just going off like what I know about The Rock, he's very athletic. Sure. I would say that maybe one, this is just me, he's maybe like, it's because of like, the amount of money he's grossed as an actor is that one of them that is one of them okay. yes he's uh 
highest... holds the world the Guinness World Record for the highest grossing actor. Like cumulative? Yes. Like box office? I believe okay. it was between the period of like 2014 and 2016. Okay, something. there's that. If I had to guess like a number two, maybe like world sexiest man that's not a category <laughs> yeah fuck dude. but he would have won would. that that was at least we have a nominee good guess yeah, yeah. okay and my third final guess I, don't, I could sit here all day he's got so many qualities maybe something with like um it's gonna be like a two-parter maybe like a mound of calories eaten in one day because he does like those cheat meals although there's eats, probably some strong men that do like way more he eats seven meals a day okay wow maybe also like Social media followers. Okay, so uh, spin off on that. Very close. Okay. Uh, so the world record he holds, which I think was beaten, unfortunately, but was for the most amount of selfies in three minutes. The Rock took. <laughs> hang on. He I took. Him. I love him. One hundred and five selfies in three minutes at his premiere of the movie. One hundred and five. One hundred and five. I think we could beat it. Honestly, I think so. I think we could do, but is that one still up or is that one beaten? It was beaten, I believe. Okay. We might need, we need to look into it. We a need to get more. an updated number. I but think when we he beat, beat this record, it was 105 selfies in three minutes at his premiere of the San Andreas movie. Okay, terrible movie, but Ter- okay. he wasn't in any good movies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so we have the highest grossing actor. Uh, that's one. Uh, selfies, two. Okay. Three. Um, highest grossing first time lead role in his classic movie, The Scorpion. Great, okay. great flick. You should yeah, go check it out. Um, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna throw you for a curveball here. Okay, I'm down. Uh, number four, the world's largest five layer taco dip, which is produced by his production company Seven Bucks. Shout out. Uh, they produced a how, how? five hundred and forty pound five layer. The fuck! You should definitely put That's up like a, a picture of this. Ton, right? It was in a like aquarium tank. Isn't it two thousand pounds? Is a ton? So I think it's, it's like a little over two thousand. It's like quarter dip? ton taco dip. Oh my god! World dude. record. Okay. Uh, I may blank These are on the so fifth random. one. So random. What the fuck? The fifth one is uh, escaping me right now. But my tweet for the rock is going to be: okay. What is the next world record you will beat? Damn. What could it be? There's a lot of world records out there. I'm trying to think of what The Rock could do. I but mean, with that track record of right. world records, it could be anything. It could be anything. He, he doesn't seem like stuck to one genre. The selfie one is kind of crazy. I, I mean, that one I feel like we could beat. Maybe he, or maybe we should get The Rock to reclaim his record for the selfies. Yes, and we could be two we could of the hopefully people. We could fly out to the next premiere. Yes. And, and be two of the people. We should okay. definitely, we need to be in that selfie. So he either needs to reclaim a new one or or get, reclaim his old one or get a new one. He needs to get back up to five, is okay. what I'm saying. Okay. He's right. He's only at four. He, he lost one of them. Oh my God. He's the most interesting man in the world, I he think. He really, I know nothing about The Rock before this, and I'm very fascinated now. I'm glad. And hey, I'm man. glad I was able to If we could this. convert somebody to be a fan, I'm glad. I'm, As always, do you want to get a picture that we could send to him for a little bit of visual, lo- yes. visual yeah. representation? That's us cheering him on to get that yes. world record. World record. We Listen, Rocky, we know you can do it. I love watching Young Rock, his new show. Have you ever seen it? I have not. You should watch it. Although it's kind of more for the wrestling fan, I will say. But not, it's just a good, lighthearted show. But listen, Mr. Johnson, 200 selfies in three minutes. It needs to happen. Yeah. Or another world You only record. need to find, how many did you say, 200? 200. You only need to find 198 people because you got two we got, right here. We're in it. We're in. And we got a jersey, too. 
We need it signed. God, I got that on eBay, and it's one of the best purchases I've ever had. It's very I think comfy. if there's one so far that he would reply to, it's this one. There's a call to action in it. it you know, it's, it's us knowing more about him, and we're, we're kind of like, listen, man, we believe in you. You, like, you can do this. We're inspired by right. the, the rock. rock. Not just a rock. The rock. The rock. Very inspirational. It's a great way to end this. It is. Dan, it was great to talk to you. Kyle, I'm so glad you had me on. This has been a pleasure. Of course. It, once I, I was already thinking about you because I've seen some of the shiny boy press stuff and, and wanting to reach out to artists. You know, I'm fortunate enough to know people through music and stuff like that but in my own little circle, but it would be easy for me to stick to like my friends, you know, that are my immediate friends, you know, for me to kind of branch out and go to people that were my friends I haven't seen in a while. Right. It's like a win-win. Help them with the things that they're doing, reconnect with them and I mean, dude, I think I think we're going to have the Alien podcast coming up soon. And as always, if you want to let the camera know where they can find you, where they can find Shiny Boy, if there's anything else that you have coming up or Shiny Boy, please let the people know where they can find you. So it's Instagram, uh, at Grufton, G-R-U-F-T-O-N. Uh, Instagram, at Shiny Boy Press. It's all one word, Shiny Boy Press. I'm not going to spell it out. Uh we got a YouTube. We got a video on there from uh, Walsh's release, Ginger's Palace, which is a jazz trio album. Uh, fantastic listen. Good, easy listening. Uh, read a book, music, uh, or take a nice yes. drive. Hey. Uh, we'll, whatever you like to we'll do, do easy listening vibes. Um, we got a lot of good stuff coming out of Shiny Boy. Uh, keep your ears open. Keep your minds open. Yes. Uh, we're going to have some collaborations. We're going to have some new artists. Uh we're going to talk about aliens. We're going to talk about The Rock. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. We're going to make some crazy sounds. It's going to be a good time, and what, we hope you're there. What more could you want from something like that? As always, you can find all of us on Instagram at 100 Miles Media. You can find me on Instagram at WoolGod. You can find me on Twitter at WoolXGod. Wow. That was great. So many things accomplished. Yeah. Great talk about music. A lot of educational things about music that I appreciate. Some educational things about space and time. And some educational things about, about The Rock. I the thought rock. I knew everything I knew about him. I didn't yeah, know I that he held five, well, now four Guinness World Records. Also, last tidbit I have about The it. Rock. Yes. He's third place in the world for the most Instagram followers. He's right behind Ariana Grande. And unfortunately, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's a little bit above you. You might need to uh, get a little sexier, Rock. All right. Well, Rock, we believe in you, man. Five world records, most Instagram followers. You've already accomplished everything else. Let's get you those last two. That's what you need to get you your flowers. As always, thanks for watching 100 Miles From Home. We'll have Dan on soon enough again. Shiny Boy Press, Grufton, watch it all, listen to it all, and we'll see you guys next time. Cheers.